It's the night before he dies when Jesus speaks these words of the gospel. John chapter 14, he'll be crucified in less than 24 hours. And with his disciples face to face, he speaks to them from the depths of his heart. Jesus wants his disciples then and us today to know so badly who God is. He's revealing to us the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in this tender moment before he gives his life for us. First, Jesus speaks of the Father. He says that the Father loves those who love the Son, that the Father honors those who will honor the Son. And this makes sense, right? Because the best way to get on someone's good side is to be good to their kids, right? And the best way to tick someone off is to be mean to their children. When I was uh, in high school, I worked at this hotel called Spinner's Inn of Hershey, Pennsylvania, the sweetest place on earth. And uh, as I worked the check-in counter, um, my boss, Tom, said, now, Mark, this family coming in, uh, make sure you're really, really kind to them, like dad and a bunch of kids. Whatever the dad wants, he gets. And be really nice to his kids. And so when they came in, really nice to them, and we had this kind of rack of different candy bars on the counter we'd sell for like a, for like a, a buck a piece. And Tom's like, give all the kids a bunch of free candy bars. So they come in, they check in, I'm really nice. I start giving them candy bars to the kids. Hey, here's, have some of these on the house. Mr. Good Bar, Kit Kat, Chocolate Bar. And their eyes get so big. They're so happy. And so the dad is happy. And my boss was smart because he was honoring the children to honor the dad because he wanted to have a business relationship with this guy in years to come. Right? If you love the son... If you love the children, the Father will love you. So Jesus is saying, do, do you want to be at peace with God? Do you want to be in, a, in a, a good relationship with the Father? Then love his Son. Love the one who he's sent. The second psalm, which is a messianic psalm, ends this way in the Bible. Kiss the Son, the Son of the King, lest the King be angry with you, and you perish in the way. The Father has a house full of many rooms for us in heaven, but we want to honor Jesus so he can prepare a place for us when we arrive. The Father loves those who love his Son. Then Jesus talks about himself, the Son, and he says that the Son gives peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. The world, in this sense, means the world that's in a state of rebellion against God. Because that world will leave us in peace as long as we don't question it. As long as we don't cast aside its idols. But as soon as you begin to live for Jesus alone, as soon as he's your king... The world will hate you. Nabil Qureshi, who was a Muslim convert to Christianity, he wrote this amazing book called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. And one thing he wrote was, when I became a Christian, it was the most painful thing I ever did. I lost my family. I lost my friends in the mosque. 
I lost all the people who loved me the moment I became Christian. And I could give you countless stories from people of different religious backgrounds, different contexts, but the sense is the same. That really, Jesus says, if you follow me as your king, the world will hate you. You'll lose that false, temporary, insecure peace of the world. But the peace that Jesus gives is strengthening and satisfying. It's the peace that comes from a clear conscience and righteous living. It's the peace that comes from knowing that I've heard the word of God and I've accepted it. And Christ is my king, the king of peace. Finally, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. Literally, the holy breath, the divine breath of God. Jesus also calls him paraclete, counselor, and advocate. This is a legal term, literally meaning one who is called to my side, as if in a courtroom. And in the Spanish language, we still have the sense of this because the word for lawyer in Spanish is abogado, advocate. One who speaks up for me and defends me when I'm being accused. The Holy Spirit defends us from the accusations of the evil one. The evil one accuses God's people and says, You are condemned. You are worthless. You are not protected by God. The Holy Spirit comes to our aid inside of us and says, No, you are innocent. You are blameless in Christ. You've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And that gives us confidence in the challenges of life. We belong to God. The Holy Spirit also reminds us and teaches us of everything Jesus told us so we can live by his words. One of the words Jesus said today, which was very interesting, is he says, I am going away and I will come back to you. I'm going away, and I will come back to you. He's referring to his ascension into heaven. This is our our celebration next week. Next Sunday is Ascension Sunday, where he goes to the right hand of the Father. He's no longer seen by our physical eyes. But the thing is, Jesus will no longer be constrained in space and time as a physical being. He's always God, always human into eternity. But now he'll be present through his Holy Spirit, Now, Jesus can reveal himself to anyone at any time, until the end of time. Not just to those lucky few who were with them 2,000 years ago in Palestine. Now anyone can find Jesus and have Jesus reveal himself to them by the Holy Spirit of God. This is what Ascension and Pentecost are all about the next two weeks as we celebrate these Sundays. Now, here's the amazing thing of all this, that Jesus reveals the Holy Trinity at the Last Supper, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And he says, whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him, make our home with him. This is amazing. Jesus is saying, if you believe in my word, and you're baptized, God makes God's home in you. God dwells in you. You've become his temple on earth 
See, Christianity isn't about a, like a, a moral ethics system. It's not a philosophy. It's not like a cool thing to do to come together and make the world a little bit better. Like Christianity is about God making his home in us. God coming to earth in our very flesh. You've become the temple of God. And in heaven, we will then not just have God make his home in us, but our home will then be in God's nature himself. This is what's so amazing. When John has the vision in the book of Revelation we heard today, he says, I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. The city had no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gave it light, and its lamp was the Lamb. That's Jesus. Like for a pious Jew, that would be like inconceivable. Like, of course Jerusalem has a temple. Without the temple, the city is nothing. You need the temple because the temple is the place where God dwells. But John is saying, God himself is the temple that we live in. And there's no sun, there's no moon, there's no light, the cosmos, so to speak. Like, we need the sun for everything on earth. Without the sun, there's no life at all. Why does John, John not see a sun and a moon? It's because the light of God is so bright, it fills everything. It radiates out from us. We enter into and live in his light. We shine that light. There's no need for the moon. The moon reflects the light of the sun. We reflect the light of God in heaven. We shine like the stars for eternity. All this because Jesus suffered and died and rose for us. In this life, if you are baptized... If you are living in a state of grace, the Holy Trinity makes its home in you. And in heaven, our home will be the Trinity. And there will be perpetual laughter and dancing and joy and song and celebration and love. And we will be assured of that. We will have no doubt it will continue forever. Because the Lamb of God has been crucified for us has been risen for us and has given us access to God's love forever.